welcome to the odd sauce take two episode two where today we're going to be discussing a good story i am the musical fro this is my buddy cartman plays you can find me on the musical fro twitter youtube twitch got the discord all that good stuff where can we find you part where can we find you cartman plays specifically in my bed 4 a.m 12 p.m in my bed 12 p.m 2 30 a.m in my bed all right and from 2 30 to 4 i'm pooping that's a mighty poop the great mighty poop well i haven't done anything all day so i need to you know i make a great mighty poo do you know what that's from no that's from conquer's bad fur day and never play conquers. Okay, there's an entire boss. I know there's a poop, a poop monster. It's just a poop monster, and he sings. The entire boss fight is a sing along. Yes. Okay, we're gonna have to. We need to cover this. I want right, to play this game now. But today we're gonna be discussing good stories. What makes this being the first time we ever discuss this? What makes a good story? Hmm. So I remember this being a whole lesson or something in class when I was in school 20-something years ago, but feels like it. Um, a good story needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's it? That's it. And it needs to be a good story. And, but what about a good story makes it good? If it's good, it's got to be good. So just good story. Good story. Just put good story on a book and put it on. Slap the that on the book and throw it on the shelf. New York Times number one bestseller. Amazon number one. Amazon list. Jeff Bezos top pick right there. So actually, there's a YouTuber by the name of Michael Knowles. He's a conservative YouTuber, and he actually did a book called Why to Vote for Democrats, mm-hmm. and the rest of the book was blank, and it was a number one seller. It reached the top of the list. We need to meet. I need to meet this man. <laughs> He's got jokes. Oh, he do got <clears throat> jokes. Now, um, but it's pretty, pretty amusing. It's some heavy stuff, man. <laughs> he ain't no so, jive turkey. Good story though. What's some movies? Let's talk about movies that have good story. Because I've been watching a lot of movies, and the problem is. I'm not a professional storyteller. I've never written a book. Never written a book. Maybe I should because I watch a lot and I know what not to do. I've read a good bit of books. You have like Token with Lord of the Rings and that entire Cimmerillion, The Hobbit, and all of it's good storytelling even though it takes them 10 pages to describe a tree. Because I'm at the point where the Ents just marched onto Isengard. Not Isengard. Isengard is... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't read books. Uh, they're marching on Sor- Sauron. Not Sauron. Uh, whatever the Count Dooku guy was from the movie. That's where they're going right now. They're going and to fight Count Gandalf, Dooku? Pretty much. Count Dooku was the bad wizard in uh, that actor. Lord something. Or Sir, whatever. He had, a, he had a fancy title. I need to read this book if, there's, if Count Dooku's in it. He's the evil wizard. He's not the main villain. He's like... The underling of the main villain. So I'll just read up to that part and just do it. Uh, but Gandalf just came back. Ganondorf came back. Yes. 
He went fight Link, got murked, and then came back as Gan- Ganondorf the White. You know Pretty what? Sure that's the name. You know what? I could see that. Mm. So he was the gray before. Now he's the white. So he learned how to use a washing machine and some bleach. Hey, it's good still. That's to how have, long man. he was in the void. He learned how to learn how to make that make them whites whiter. Clorox. They don't sponsor us. We don't speak that name. Billy Mays. But they can be. OxyClean. We could talk Billy Mays. I love me some Billy Mays. Uh, but with good stories, uh, so Harry Potter, considered a good story. People hating on uh, I don't like Harry right Potter. Now. Did you read the books? No. I don't read books. You don't read books. See, I was a book nerd. I was a bookworm as a kid. I always had a book reading under the desk. I was always the kid that was reading books upside down. Mm-hmm. I could tell you what it said, too. Oh, impressive. That's a skill. That's a talent. So if you ever go into the uh, Navy SEALs or whatever, you could be like crawling along the ceiling and read a whole plaque in Russian. Yeah. Oh, I can't read Russian, but yeah, I, I can learn. We, we can learn. So uh, some good book series I consider Harry Potter. The Lord of the Rings is definitely good. He, he, he gets hooked on imagery a little too much, but it's not that it's bad. It's just he paints a really good picture in your head. Okay. Um, C.S. Lewis, Narnia series. I haven't read through all of it, but I, I love what I, I did read. I did read Narnia in school because they made us read it. Which one? The Lion, the Witch, and Wardrobe? Of course. Yep. So I started on that one um, because there was nothing else. Their library systems were down, so we couldn't check out books. And my teacher only had... The only thing that looked interesting was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And me as a fifth grader just thought, a lion, a witch, and a wardrobe? I gotta see this. I gotta figure out what's going on. Now, I'll tell you another book that I read that, of course, these are all books that I read in high school. Um, there was a Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. That was, I, I'd much rather the movie, though. The book just tells it, it, it explains too much. Spark I can't. Spark Notes was great. Yeah, I love Spark Notes. That was my, <laughs> that was my number one thing. So we read uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, The Great Gatsby. That was junior year. Senior year, we read Beowulf. That was a good one. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Beowulf. We read um, Hamlet. <gasps> we, we read a bunch of the Shakespeare. The best part about Hamlet is everyone dies. Yeah. That's- so we spent like a whole month on just Hamlet. And then by the end of Hamlet, everyone's dead. I'm like, I love this. I hate all of these characters. I hate this. In, no, I'm thinking Romeo and Juliet, maybe. And most Shakespeare. Most Shakespeare. Dies, but but we did read Romeo and Juliet, too. That was good. I'd much rather Hamlet, though. Uh, books that I remember reading was, uh, well, short stories to the lottery. So it's all about this. It's a group of people and they're like anxious to see who wins. They're drawing a number or whatever. And come to find out the lottery at the end is a twist ending. So the people are anxious because whoever wins the lottery gets killed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? No, this you is not, this? I didn't read this, but okay. So we've talked about what we're going to talk about today, right? Mm. The lottery happens in Fallout New Vegas. Really? Yes. The same lottery. So someone wins the lottery every year and... Uh, It's not every year, but it's... Or whatever length of time. Yeah, it's these bad guys and they went to this town. Because New Vegas, of course, takes place in Las Vegas. And their whole thing is gambling. Mm -hmm. So there was this town that these... Kaisar's Legion. It's like this old Roman Empire thing. They want to be Roman again, whatever. And they do a lottery. 
Okay, so it's not the same as the lottery. It's kind of flipped. The guy that wins the lottery stays alive. I mean, he didn't stay alive with my character being around because, you know, his attitude was a little too much. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, and everybody that everybody that lost, uh, they got crucified on a telephone pole. Oh shoot! Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome, you say? Awesome. It's a little morbid, but also it's Fallout, so yeah, it's Fallout series. But yeah, the lottery is, that's a little short story. It's all about the twist ending, leading up to one thing, foreshadowing things, and then having to dig through the beginning of the story to find all the foreshadowing that it's not a good thing. So that Agamemnon, it's this mouse that gets, it is this experiment to make people extremely smart, and they test it on a mouse, and they test it on a person who's really dumb, and then he becomes extremely intelligent, and then the... I don't remember everything, but eventually they have to either stop giving them the treatments or that it eventually wears off. And so he has to go through the suffering of losing intelligence. Pinky in the brain. Pinky in the brain. Imagine being Pinky going to the brain and then having to go back to Pinky. So speaking of that, this is, a, this is kind of off topic. Oh, there's a conspiracy theory going around. Oh, no. That Pinky is actually the stupid one. No, Pinky is actually the smart one, and the brain is the dumb one. You know, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest, because you gotta have crazy theories. I mean, if you sing the, go over the theme song in your head, in the order that they talk about the characters in, Pinky and the brain, Pinky and the brain, Mm -hmm. one is a genius, the other is insane. I see. But that's 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 my tangent for right so now. So the brain's just insane, not actually smart. Right. And Pinky is smart. Okay. <clears throat> I think it's a stretch, but yeah. Hey. I can see it. It's those fun things to think about. But things that keep you up at night. Oh. I forgot to put my hat on. Can you grab my hat? Which one? Which either one. Appreciation. You can actually put her on the table. Because shameless plug, on February 13th, the Musical Fro Twitch channel will be hosting a Smash Brothers tournament, and you will win this lovely Player One amiibo while also getting a 3D printed trophy. An Ambio. It's an Ambio. Ambio. It's an amoeba. Ambiosis. It's an amoeba. Uh, me, buh. So, getting back on topic. Okay. Putting this train back on its tracks. So, good story. So, things that have good story um, that I remember. I always liked the goosebumps. It's like the story was mad at the beginning. Like, you had the little conflict, all that stuff. But there was always the twist ending. Twist endings are always good. Yeah. I love a good twist ending. But, with a good story, you gotta have your characters. And they fall under category. You have the stereotype thing of you have like the narcissistic one. You have the shy one. You have the the smart one. So you go through all of those super stereotypes. Then part of it is just getting to see your characters grow through the story. Right. Um, which is a problem with a lot of movies is they'll have all these characters, they'll play a lot of time on them, and then just not 
develop any of the characters. They build some characters to be loved, and then uh, they just kind of... They spend 12 seconds on screen. Two scenes. Yeah. And then there's some... Captain Marvel. Hmm? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Zero development. None. Zero development. Because she starts off as super sarcastic and petty and whatever, and then just stays that way. Now she has... She's unlocked her superpowers. So... She didn't kill Thanos. She didn't. Now, now that we know, in case you haven't seen Eternals, but Eternals opens up a whole gate that Thanos was right. So Thanos's brother Eros comes in at the end of Eternals. Is he a big purple guy too? No, he's a norm. He's Harry Styles, but this time he's not wearing a dress. <laughs> yeah, they put Harry Styles as a. Uh, a big name character. That's almost it. like putting Machete in Star Wars or something. That's weird, bro. I know. Who would put Machete in Star Wars, dude? It just don't match. That don't make sense. Because if I were to see Machete in Star Wars or any other movie that isn't Machete or, you know, a horror movie type thing, I would just see Machete. Yeah. Like, where's you know, the like suspense here, brother? Daddy Daycare. The movie was horrible. The Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. There's no way they put Danny Trejo in a Danny Star Trejo Wars movie. Danny Trejo is in a Star Wars movie. It's in a Star Wars series. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. So Moving then, on. But on to the next one. <laughs> so, but with Thanos, so they're preventing a celestial from being born. Celestials are put into a planet, and then the life force of the people, once intelligent life reaches a certain size, the celestial absorbs all the living beings and then cracks out of the planet like an egg. Destroying the planet, every living thing on it, and then you have a celestial that's born. Well, the Eternals see are these pretty much police that stop these dark creatures from killing the intelligent life. So the celestials, uh, the the Eternals realize all these people are going to die. We can't let that happen. So they prevent Tiamat from being born out of the earth. And specifically in there, they say that half of the population being snapped away prevented his birth for a time being because that his birth was delayed because half the population disappeared now with the eternals they get their memory wiped every time they go from planet to planet and they've existed a long time but every time they wipe a planet and a celestial is born their memory gets wiped and they get tossed onto another planet thanos is an eternal and athena in the movie has this memory problem where she keeps thinking about past things so there's a chance that Thanos wanting to wipe out half the population and putting it toward um, <coughs> resources was him connecting the two but having a memory issue. So he doesn't remember that it's to prevent a celestial, but he knows that it's to prevent... Uh, something. Yeah, it's to prevent right. something and it's for a nutrition reason. Like it's for a, a resource reason. Okay. Because if they don't have the resources, they can't be born. And then whenever they go to Thanos' planet Titus, whatever it is, you say whatever they say, oh, this planet's off its axis. And when you look at it, like chunks of the planet are just Gone. non-existent. So that's what killed their population. Because he had the memory issue. He was on their planet and he was saying, we need to stop this from happening. And they didn't believe him. So then everyone died. And he was one of the only survivors along with his brother who are both eternal, so they would have survived. So he's trying to prevent it from happening across the universe. 
and there's some wordplay that happens to where he doesn't quite exp- they mention things mm-hmm. and they're not ex- exactly precise it's open-ended enough that you can connect the two so okay that's our conspiracy theory for today that's y'all got two conspiracy theories today you i mean we always have conspiracy stuff i mean it's you gotta you gotta have them but other movies that i really enjoy i'm just disappointed by the overarching story thing so pirates of the garabian well first first let's let's go over what makes a good story which is beginning, middle, end. Of course. But then, how do you get from the beginning to the middle and the end? So, it's, uh, the- two guys having a drink. You can have a drink. I'm not thirsty at the moment. At a table on a podcast. Talking to the beautiful people of the world. Mm-hmm. So, that's not a super interesting story. Not at all. But if two, two men are having to drink drinks made of blood or something to keep us alive having yeah drinking blood to stay alive to while podcasting to the final survivors that's a completely different story i'm I'm gonna be honest i probably wouldn't watch that podcast man because i probably wouldn't have survived i mean well did you ever see if you survived thanos snap no you didn't no you never checked how do i check this uh, you go on, you just look it up. Did I survive Thanos? And there's an actual website that it takes your IP and flips it 50%. My computer, my computer said I lived, my phone said I died, and then my laptop said I lived. So I think technically two thirds of me lived. You, you survived? I was slain for the good of the universe. Oh, you prevented Tiamat from existing. Are you saying Tiamat? Like Tia. Okay, when I saw it written, it was Tiamut, M-U-T, but I, but they also say it two different <clears throat> ways. I've heard Tiamat, Tiamat. Tiamat's a dragon. Yeah. But it's Tia, it's Tiamut, 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 something like that. It's a big dragon. Big six-eyed rocky thing that gets, goes from gold to rock. Have you seen the mini for Tiamat? Mm-mm. So you know how big a normal mini is, right? Yeah. That mini might be half the size of this table. That's a mini. Its base is like, I think... This is a D- for D&D? Yeah. This is a big thing. This is a big so boy. So, you have your huge selection that's like a 3x3 three three square. You got your Colossal that's 8 inches. And then you have Tiamat. I so, think it's Tiamat. It's something. It's a dragon. It's So, the one that we 3D printed, uh, Serenamawamawa? Yeah, that thing. That would be huge or colossal? That's colossal. Oh, that's a colossal. Like that. Eight inches. Oh. So, but Tiamat would sit on a corner of this table, a chunk of this table. Yeah, a good chunk. Yeah. Whoosh. It's a thousand dollar mini. We'll 3D print that one. I'll buy it. We'll, we'll, we'll split it in half and put 3D print it. 3D print it in chunks. That's wild. So. You have, to, you have to navigate the beginning, middle, end of the story. Right. The middle being usually where the climax builds. Beginning, setting, the beginning setting your story. The setting, uh, any world building exposition that needs to happen. Introducing your characters. The middle being uh, building the conflict up to the climax of the story, usually toward the end of the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the end is just the falling action of after everything happens, 
seeing which characters came out, how they came out, blah, 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 on to the next. So it's a game of D&D. I mean, yeah, like you, absolutely. So I'm going to rant real quick. So I had a friend who, for a doctoral thesis, was like, let's take a wild, um, I need to take a random idea and make it into a, an educational strategy that works across everything. And I was like, make it a game of D&D. Make it an RPG. So for English classes, you have, you make your characters. Yeah, you get your story, you know. Your- you have your different classes that you use for your adjectives, your adverbs. Mm-hmm. The, like, the, your adjectives, like the burly bar, the burly barbarian, the mysterious wizard, the holy. Uh, Paladin. Yeah. And then you have your adverbs, which would teach them, like, they quickly went yeah. or. Uh, all that stuff. Then you go into their stats, which you can use for your maths. Yes. Um, you have your like alchemy and things like that that you could use as part of your sciences. So, like taking a completely non-educational topic and making it be used across everything for a whole year. I mean, honestly, I can. And, you can take anything and make it educational. I mean, you can. It's possible. But like with the RPG elements, actually running an entire classroom that uh put it right yeah so you would have an entire classroom filled with these rpg elements your party would go on adventures you would be able to do your daily what we did was dols your daily oral language which was you did a sentence had errors in it and you had to go fix all Mm -hmm. the errors so it could be them going on adventure then you can explain the the story elements, so the setting, the right. climax. Um, you can also do your nouns, your pronouns, your your verbs, adverbs, adjectives. Yeah, you could go through the math, which is your damage, your multiplication, your damage multipliers. Um, and we sat, and she actually used it for a chunk of a good chunk of her thesis. Uh, and she was like the fact that uh, I used D and D for the vast majority of a thesis, and it almost didn't get taken because it wasn't a subject they necessarily thought was really revolutionary. Like, whenever you go do a doctoral thesis, they want you to do something that's not that's kind of out there, something something new. And then someone was like, "Yeah, you should publish this." I was like, "Cool, I was part of that," <laughs> but. You have your conflict that your characters have to go through. Yep. There she go. Okay. I don't think there's even anything in that cup. (laughs) We're both watching one of my cats. River. River. Oh, no. Her her paw's wet. What the cat doing? Uh, I had coffee on my table from earlier, and... She's just dipping her paw and drinking it. That's fine. You'll be buzzed later. Hopefully that's not the remnants of an alcoholic drink. Just have a cat just... Learning how to walk all over again. (laughs) Yep. But you take your... You build your characters in a world setting. Make them relatable characters. Have your conflict, which is... That goes into, like, the... Always the good versus evil. Stories that I can't stand are... 
that <coughs> you don't have a actual villain or your conflict is something that's just that's solved in three seconds like a certain major Disney production I ain't talking about that one. we don't talk about that we don't talk about Bruno but I like having a villain because good versus evil I mean that's since some of the oldest stories in history it's always been the good versus the evil um, man versus man, man versus nature, man versus self, all that stuff. But when you don't have a good, a good rope to tie your character, your your a good solidified villain or a good like something to put your anger toward, right. then uh, the story just falls flat. All these parts, if you make one mistake, then like the rest of the story is just garbage. Um, get to your climax, you finally punch the villain. TKO, save the world. Brutality. Brutality. Now you have two murderers. Um, oh yeah, if you have a murderer and you murder a murderer, you still have a murderer left. That's why I hate DC stuff. None of the... That's why I hate most of the hero stuff. Or don't like the ones that really play on, oh, but if we kill the murderer, there's still a murderer left. Yes, but you don't have a murderer that's killing senselessly and Half the population yeah yeah call an ambulance or you have celestials that would kill all the population yeah so that's, that's versus the whole thanos was right thanos was correct <laughs> thanos was right that's that's gonna be the symbol on our flag thanos was right the snap should have gone for the head should have gone for the head or he could have just made the celestials not exist or he could have just chopped off his hand Like they did in the second movie, but plot, plot development. Yeah, they needed a plot second. They, they needed a second movie. Um. So one of the things I hate the most about so movies that I think I really like: Pirates of the Caribbean, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Um. Now they all have really good things. Star they're, Wars has some horrific things. They're great. But then if you keep on trying to build this world that you already have created, you're just ruining what you've already created, in my yep. opinion. Yeah, that's the problem that, especially Pirates, so Pirates has a lot of lore behind it. You know, Jack Sparrow having the, the saucy winch, the wicked winch, whatever it was, and then it being burned by Lord Beckett because Jack Sparrow saved a hundred slaves that he was that was his cargo mm. while he was working for the East India Trading Company and that ship was supposed to go down after, before he freed and so Davy Jones was upset because he lost a hundred souls that he was supposed to get and then Beckett was upset because he lost his cargo and that's why in the movie they actually deleted the scene that people aren't cargo it's like why would you delete that that should be in the movie we needed that's that. literally 10 seconds of film that builds up the lore in a really good way. So they cut that out. I want to go sit through Pirates of the Caribbean and see if they have a director's cut because Disney's not good for doing director's cuts. Like all the Marvel, they're not allowed to do director's cuts because sometimes they use that later on. Uh, they mentioned that in Endgame, director's cut would be about six hours. 
I am here for it. I'm here for it, but they're not allowed to release it. They're not allowed to put it out because it might be used later on. There's stuff from it that'll be used later on, whatever. That might. So why not just release it, and then uh, if you're good enough at storytelling, you keep out the parts that you know need to be used later. But we should write two sagas down the road. And that's one of the good things about Harry Potter is everything, continuity between all the books are perfect. I don't remember any continuity issues. The movies had a couple because they cut some things out of the books. But there's things from, I think, like the first book or the second book that become important later on. Harry goes through and there's things from later on that That's, are already seen and introduced yeah, yeah. to the story, even though, I mean, if I were to say I was, I didn't know what guns did. Okay. And then I joined the military, so, but I would have had, say, parents who had guns, but kept them all yeah, yeah, like yeah. in cabinets, whatever, and I was never allowed to touch them, never saw them anywhere magically. Well, in the story, guns were there, but were locked up, say, because they're so strong or whatever. Okay. And then later on, I find out, oh, now that I'm in the military, I use guns all the time because right. they're this big, powerful force that I can use now. In Harry Potter, you have uh, the locket, which is one of the things that uh, has part of Voldemort's soul in it. You get introduced to that earlier in the series. Uh, some of the spells you get introduced Earlier in the series, you have, um, and what she did was she wrote the whole series and then went clean it up. Yeah. She wrote, so before she released everything, same thing with, same thing with Lord of the Rings, I'm pretty sure. He had wrote all three books and then his son, I think, was the one who published them. If I'm correct, there's something about that. Tolkien has a long thing. He was also friends with C.S. Lewis, I believe. And C.S. Lewis was always like, Dude, you spend three weeks on a tree. Calm down. So it's going through and fleshing out your books after you know what the ending is. Yeah. To make sure that the story is continuous. Mm -hmm. And whenever you take everything and wrap it in this nice little bow at the end where by the end of the series, all your questions are answered. Everything that came into the book series existed already. You don't have things that are retconned, which is the term of, oh... We need this for plot, and it's always existed, but we didn't want to introduce it earlier because there's this thing with movies. You don't introduce what's not in the movie, or you don't need to. Int- you shouldn't introduce things as if you're making a series, which is why Marvel has had such a successful cinematic universe because they've been introducing things slowly. They've introduced them as they needed to to tell the bigger story. Yeah. So all the Infinity Stones in the post-credit scenes, you're seeing them move, be moved around, mm-hmm. going from here to there, being taken care of, and finding out like what the Infinity Stones really are. Um, so it's not in so entire movies aren't based off of them necessarily, like Guardians of the Galaxy was, but you're seeing these Infinity Stones be moved around and actually used in these post-credit scenes to place them for Endgame. So even though they're just like, oh, here's a little clip, that's what should be happening in all of your stories, especially like Pirates of the Caribbean, where you have all of these movies that are supposed to be in a continuous plane that you're breaking continuity because you wrote something that shouldn't have happened or you're retconning things, which later on you realize something needs to be important. So then you go put exposition at the beginning of a, at the beginning of the movie, like 
the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie, they don't describe to you how Jack gets the winch and they show him getting the wicked winch and then also putting Salazar, the Spanish um, pirate slayer, pretty much, how he ended up cursed in the Devil's Triangle. So they show all that. It's like that stuff you could have shown earlier on. Yeah. And then come back to it. That's also things that how Jack got the winch, if you're making this big series, should have been somewhat known already. Because there is some stuff that's dropped, but it's super just, just like, eh, just kind of passing conversations of a drunk. Kind of like how we. It's just like, I don't know if this is real or not, because there's so much lie behind Jack Sparrow as well. Right. So there's things that they'll say, and then they're like, oh yeah, that was just a drunk person. That breaks continuity, so that was just a drunk person saying made up stuff, because Jack Sparrow lies to everybody. It's like, yeah, you have that, but you don't just say that because it's a character. Yeah. You don't say that just because it's convenient. But with Pirates of the Caribbean, if they would have been... River, stay over there. But like with this compass, that's one of the things that gets messed up because he gives away his compass at one point earlier in the series. His compass goes around people and they're giving the compass away to each other. And it doesn't Come to find out in the fifth movie, if you give away the compass, you're betraying the compass, and it, le- it grants your worst fear or whatever, which is how the whole fifth movie happens. So there's so much retcon, and we got a kitty. River, come here. Come here. Come here, mamacita. Kitty being... It's all right. All right. So all this stuff gets right, Con. Same thing with Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones says some things like, uh, Never one girl's Indiana dad Jones. gets... We have, a, we have series to watch, son. I know. I just don't think I... I never... Dude, I just started watching Star Wars in like 2016. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Now, Star Wars. We hop on that Star Wars train. So you have the originals that... They're classics. There's good. There's some minor issues with them. Ooh. Oh, that's that going to destroy everybody's ears. That hurt. So, with Star Wars, you have the original. You have the prequels that everyone hates. I don't necessarily hate them because right. I watched them as when I was a kid, so I loved Jar Jar Binks. Misa. Misa Jar Jar Binks. Misa Sith Lord. Yep. I love that whole conspiracy theory. It's a beautiful thing. That he's actually, uh, but I've watched like the whole thing of him being Darth Sidious and it making sense because he disappears in this, in the movie, uh, after Emperor Palpatine says how he got rid of Darth, is it Darth Sidious? I think. Yeah. No. I don't remember. Uh, Darth Plagius, is it? Yes, please. I think Darth Sidious is Palpatine. Whatever it is. I love Star Wars. I watched all of it. But, uh, a lot of names. They, be drop- they do be dropping names. There's lots of names. Especially when you start, and when you play any of the games, or if you read any of the books, you have all these Jedi that people will know. And I didn't read the books. I read a couple, 
And the thing was, I was too small to know which ones to go after. And it was before the internet was a big deal. So I wasn't able to go and look up which books to read in the Star Wars. Because there's so many extra series. Mm -hmm. They kind of just let anyone write whatever they wanted. Right. So there was all this lore. Half Some of it's canon, some of it's not. And that's why when Disney took it over, they're like, if it's not on the screen, it's not canon. The games aren't canon. The books aren't canon. Unless it's the Clone Wars or the movies, not canon. Okay. I'm like, actually, I'm kind of okay with this. Reining it in, doing what you want with it. But you have the original series trilogy, pretty good. You have the prequel. That it's a good, it's a good prequel trilogy. People just don't like it, especially once you get into Clone Wars, where it starts. You're seeing the politics happen. You're seeing the fights happen. All this stuff. Clone Wars was phenomenal. It expanded the Star Wars universe more than anything else did, and they don't want to push like the ideas of of politics because it didn't. It didn't start off with. All of a sudden, the Empire and the Republic are just fighting and at war. Right. There's this buildup to it getting that big. There's all of this stuff that had to happen between the planets. Allying, fighting, then finding out that there's this new technology to trace through hyperspace, which becomes a thing in the new trilogy, which never got explained, but you know, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah, Mm-mm. and then you get that there's this secret technology the Empire is working on that leads into the Rebel, uh, Rebel One, that gets hinted at in Clone Wars, that gets hinted at in whatever else, and then you have a movie about it. So, if you want to watch an entire Clone War series, which they can, I think they should take the Clone Wars and make that into a trilogy. So that you have just three movies, you know, wrap it into a little bow as much as you can. You, you can skip a lot of it, to be honest. All it's the, just, it's yeah. really interesting to see all the more day-to-day happenings of how Star Wars ended up where it's at. Mm-hmm. Then you have the new trilogy that just kind of craps on everything. You had three different directors writing three different stories. Barely. No communication. Continuity is kind of there, but they have to retcon things in each movie to make their movie happen. Right. And then you have the the dark artifact things that allow you to get to the dark the dark uh, force planet, the Sith planet, and those were in Clone Wars. But the problem is you can't make a movie off of a cartoon series almost a decade before, and not why are you giving me that look, Mister Peabody and Sherman. I never saw that. What is that? That's the dog and the boy? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. It was an old TV show, and they made a movie off of it. And it didn't do well. It was it. horrible. Yep. It was literal dog crap. Because No pun crap. intended. It was, it was, it was <laughs> not good. But with, with Star Wars, you have... I, no, I did like the movies. I love the music from yeah. them. Um, I overall like them because it's Star Wars, and they weren't so bad... I wish that they wouldn't have done the original character so dirty. They would have given them a little more like development. Like Luke does stuff, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is what I gotta do. See you guys in three books. Three episodes. We don't see him actually develop the character development of him going from regretting everything Jedi 
than accepting it again. We kind of just go from he hates everything, he knows he screwed up, to regardless of my screw ups. Don't you go back there. You're gonna knock down R2D2. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Okay. I can't do it. I wish he still worked. He's voice activated. You could like give him a whole path to go. You can tell him to secure the perimeter. Wow. Or go on security, and he will like roam the premises and anything that moves. He'll just sit there and just alert. He'll just start screaming. This flashes, goes back and forth. Uh, but you could tell him to dance, and he's like. One of the best bops of all time is the Tatooine bar. The certified hood classic. Moss Eastley bar. The Cantina. Mm. When I was in middle school and I got my trumpet, it was just like, all trumpets were just like. But continuing with that, so you have that nonsense of just not continuity between, and you could have hinted at that they're looking Something, for yeah. these dark objects earlier a minor explanation of what they are all of this can happen ahead of time so that when you get to it and you're like oh i know i, what I remember this that is. part yeah because they're a half decent storyteller they didn't introduce it right the second that it becomes important because it's literally just like oh we got to get these dark iron objects that were hidden from history oh look wow we magically know what they are and we've secretly discovered what they are and then it's just like, and you skip straight to her getting it, and then you skip again to them just like pretty much going to the planet. It's insane, <clears throat> that third one. And then you have just dark Sith planet that's Palpatine, and that was wild. I seriously do not remember the new trilogy. It was a fever dream. The I do third not one, remember it. Yeah, the third trilogy. The saga finale, it. so all three of these sagas, uh, trilogies, were the Skywalker saga. Because at the end, you have Rey that goes to this dark Sith planet, and then they're constantly doing this thing where, like, she absorbs Kylo Ren's force to fight Palpatine, and then they, she gives it to him, and then it's like, what? And then she lets him die at the end. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, I do not We've remember that. We've never seen that someone can transfer the force to someone else, and they're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we think... We, we can do this now. In. We can do this now. Yeah, this is a thing. I'm writing it, so it's, it's a thing. Ignore 50 years, over 50 years. Oh, yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. You do not need the past 50 years of information. You will accept that this garbage is canon now. This garbage is canon now. This, gar this garbage is canon now. This garbage is canon now. But that's what's disappointing with me. I, I feel that. And then we got... Bad stories. Oh. You know, there was one that we were talking about. It popped up in my head, and I forgot what it was. It was garbage. I don't remember what it was. Story-wise? Yeah, story-wise, everything-wise. Well, there's a good movie that was bad story-wise, but I'll still watch it again. Encanto. It was okay. So everything about it was good. The animation was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, the animation. The detail, the choreography yeah. and the songs is really interesting to watch. The music is really great. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel 
Lynn. Lynn. Good old Alexander Lynn. Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Good old Hamilton. He. Oh, and Moana. Good old. Good old Hamilana. Hamilana. So good Hamilana wrote good music, and then the mixing of it, like the production of it, was really good because you'll have spatial stuff where a character will move off screen, and then the sound will move mm-hmm. with that character, especially in Bruno, which is probably one of my favorite Disney songs now. That is the best Disney song. Um, it's super catchy. He has okay. a formula, and there's I've seen on the internet a lot of people complaining about. This sounds like this from Hamilton. This sounds like this from In the Heights. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's almost as if there's a formula that each composer makes for their music. Because if you notice, when you listen to a composer, a lot of their stuff is similar. And isn't... You can tell... You can listen to 50 pieces from different composers and not even have someone who's music educated and be like, oh, these are similar. And it'll either be they were from the same time, or they were inspired by that person, mm-hmm. or it is the same person. So, with him... He found his sauce, and he's making that sauce. There's almost a formula to make a pop song, and to make a Broadway song, and to make something that's catchy and memorable. Yeah. Repetition being one of the things. And then also keeping a keeping a melody to a character, and using it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, like that's that... It's almost as if it works, and he took it and rolled with it, and he's been using it ever since. Because like in Bruno, each character comes in on a melody, and then at the end, each one of those characters are singing their melody over each other, and it's like, I, I like that. That's, That's what I like. Mm. Mm. But we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, no. 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 But the story-wise, that was an issue. <laughs> that was a big issue. That was not... Now, they said they let good old Hamoana actually mess around with the story because he didn't like where it was and he wanted to do more with it. It's like the one thing you don't do is let your actors change the story and you don't, don't let, let your, your music, composers change the you story. Let your, you don't let the people in the movie change the movie. So I, want, I would want to know what it was before. I want that director's cut. I want to see what it was before and then I can judge good Hamoana. But... It really feels like this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and they're all kind of separated. You don't have the time to set up the mystery of the... Casita? Yeah. The mystery of what's going on. It just happens. Yeah. And then immediately on to fix it. It's not a thing of, well, did I have a bad dream? Did I... There's no mystery set at the beginning. There's like 10 seconds of it. So you don't have time to think about what's actually going on. Right. Immediately, it's, this is what's happening. We're losing the miracle, blah, blah, blah. It's like everything you get handheld and then explained to everything that's going on instead of expecting your viewer to somewhat figure it out on their own. I mean, if we being honest, if that movie was two and a half hours long, I would have sat down and watched that. Like if they could have, if that would have gave them the ability. Because I think it's only an hour and a half. To tell the story. I could sit down and watch that movie for two and a half hours. I did it with cars. I still do it with cars. Cars has no story. It's about a race <laughs> it's a, car. It's a race. Well, it's a race car that goes through personal development. You're right. That's a man versus self thing. Let's see. Wow, can you believe it's not in my recommended yet? <laughs> Encanto. Encanto. Anytime I pull up Facebook, anytime I'm Notice. on. It's in the new. Anytime I'm uh, on Snapchat. Hour and 50 minutes. An hour and 50 minutes. It didn't feel like it. 
No. That's with the extended Disney Plus credits. <laughs> yeah, that's with those Disney Plus credits. So let's say hour, hour and a half. I'd probably say it feels closer to an hour and a half. But then you get to the end, and you get to where the climax happens of, the, of Casita falling apart. And it's like, that also doesn't make much sense to me because the house is helping them out to get to the top and then is controlling everything, but can't make the bell tower fall the opposite way. Storyboards, man. Yep. Gotta have that plot. Plot development. Plot guy. Plot my guy. Non-plot development. development. And then after that happens is whenever Mirabelle runs off, you also don't get any development of where, or you don't get the moments of a rising conflict between Mirabelle and Abuela. It just happens. Mm-hmm. She comes in and she's like, listen, stop messing with stuff. Stop messing with stuff. You messed with stuff. This is what happens. You don't get the thing of Abuela actually, or the rest of the family. Like, they're all keeping everything hidden. And you don't ever get to the point where anyone is wondering why, what's going on. Even after she shows, now I understand what the the moral of the story is: generational expectations. So, and the thing is, they're they're hiding all their problems like a family does with all that generational stuff. I understand that's the point, but it didn't make a good story. So, is the reason like this just came like when you were talking about it, this is popping into my head right now. So the reason that we don't talk about Bruno is because Bruno can, he's a prophet, basically. Yeah. Um, plot. Plot. Did, did he tell Abuela about the house? Plot. About the house falling? But plot. But I'm talking, but this just popped into my head. This is we why he was don't banished. talk about Bruno. This is why he was banished. So he actually ran away. From what I understand. I don't know what happened. He's, but he's living in the house, is he not? So after watching this thing like seven times, I gotta because go watch I like again. the music. And then uh, also, you got to give credit to Frankie, Franco Germain, who wrote all the background music, who wrote that piece uh, toward the end, whenever like the family's coming together. Um, the one that's not like a Broadway one, but it's a really good song, really feelsy song. So he wrote all the background stuff. Uh, Hamawana just wrote the, the, dis- like, the sing-alongs. Well... So we need to not just have the guy who wrote the sing-alongs. You also got to have the one who kept all the background, who wrote all that extremely good aesthetic stuff mm-hmm. for the atmosphere. Atmosphere. Now, my whole thought was that Abuelo, the, so Abuelo's husband that sacrificed himself, so the magic comes from his love for the family. But I was wondering, it's like, so what is Casita? Is Casita his, like, spirit or whatever? That's not explained, man. You're really yeah, digging too deep, but that's for Encanto Part 2. Yeah. I'm gonna need a prequel for that movie. I mean, they could have a series at this point. They probably they will. Could, they could fight whatever they want. They can have other things uh, from here going on. So, continuing through it, you just don't get... And I also don't get any closure from the movie. It just kind of ends. Yeah, it's just... They rebuild the house. House built. Magic is back. See you guys later. See you guys later. See you for our next. We don't. Ex- we still don't explain movie. why Mirabelle doesn't have any power. And doesn't have a people gift. try to say that Mirabelle is the gift to the family because she's able to return the magic. And it's like, mm, 
but it's not her. They went and they had all the magic butterflies again, just like in the beginning. So it's kind of just, they, I think it, they more have led to, you have to return to that little pond area in the river, that little spot in the river. Everybody, see the butterflies. you always go back to your route. Yeah. No matter how far you go, you always go home. Yeah. But I also wanted Mirabelle to get a gift. I can understand why Abuela wouldn't get one, but I don't understand why Mirabelle doesn't get one. And they're like, well, because she's going to become the next Abuela. And it's like, she, she's still got like 40 years, man. She's the youngest one. She's, yeah. How's she going to be the Abuela? She's like, what, 18? Abuela's supposed to be the oldest woman in the town. Because the town was built around the house. Yeah. Casita. So that's, that's, my, that's my frustrations with it. I don't think the story was super great. It was. You miss. Mirabelle, and the thing is with Mirabelle is at the end they're just like, oh yeah, but you know, we do care about you. So she doesn't get any growth. She just gets no reprimandation. She's just she does she sorry. does all this. Sorry the thing for being is you have all the family that's seeing what's going on and nobody does anything. And which plays into the family generational issues where everyone sees things and ignores it. But the problem is like it doesn't Fit for a good story. No, don't worry. River, what you doing? What you doing, sweetness? Come here. Can you, can you let go of my shirt, please, cat? Thank you. All right. Now we're going we gonna to chill right here. We're going to take a little nap right here, and then we'll keep going. She's already purring. That's like, fine. Like a boat. That was my issues with Encanto. I, I would have liked to see just more development of the characters because all the characters go through things and then you get Louisa who now she's like oh I'm strong but sometimes I cry it's like she shows empathy now yeah she learns how to be empathetic it's like but that's not her going through anything that was just Mirabelle saying hey don't forget you can do this and didn't just magically it's fixed yeah everything just got fixed with a magic wand instead of like the characters going through a conflict and going through the struggle of facing themselves and actually getting over those things um, I'd seen somewhere, but I watched the movie and I didn't see it, but the shape-shifting cousin apparently rarely keeps his form because he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, he's never, but he's always somebody that, else. But I didn't see where that, I never heard the line from him, so from, it's kind of just headcanon at this point. So it's like, that's something that never got addressed. You have the sisters that the mom seems to not have no problems. The stormy cousin, um. Well, I mean... Tia Peppa. Tia Peppa. Tia Peppa. And the other one. And we also don't really get to see them use their stuff either. No. Like we don't see Tia Peppa being any sort of useful with her stuff. She's only ever a burden with the storm, with the storming. We never see Isabella really do anything. Like she just plants a bunch of flowers, but we never see her. And her boyfriend comes over and that's. Yeah. And then turn, Dolores, turn, and then Del- Dolores, just like Mister Steel, your girl. Just- yeah, she's a home- oh, that girl's a homewrecker. <laughs> that was one of the best moments when the dad's just like, nobody saw this. Everything's fine. The magic is fine. Nobody heard this. And then the door slides open, and you see her standing. I heard it, <laughs> and then walks away. It's one of my favorite moments. Uh, one meme that I love that is now permanent headcanon is that while Bruno was in the walls doing his little mouse t- uh, telenovelas. <laughs> She would just have outbursts of like, he would be like, but she knew the love would never happen because he was her cousin. And she's, she's just sitting at the table going, 
her cousin no <laughs> so that's headcanon for me now you cannot tell me that that was not going on and then she also knew the entire time yeah i mean so it's just like you you have these things just like and then in the background of Bru- uh the bruno song we don't talk about bruno you see him walk across the Wait, we see balcony who talk bruno yeah so whenever dolores is saying Na 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 na, family fumbling. I associate him with the sound of falling sand. You see him walking across the balcony, and then is he, he going to his room? No, he just walks across, and then right before she finishes her little spot, you see him. His eyes are glowing green, and you just see him going. Oh man, I need to watch this. I need to watch this. I thought again. it was dope. Oh, River's falling asleep. She's getting a little rock to sleep. Oh, sweet kitty. We got this. Is our host our uh, guest? Our host. hostess. Hostess with the mostest. The most biscuits. Mm-hmm. He makes biscuit like nobody else. Yep, I'm talking about you. Um, I don't really, I don't watch movies, though. Like, talking about it, I don't watch movies. I used to, when, because when I was growing up in middle school, elementary school, high school, we didn't have cable, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We had DVD players and VHS tapes. We had no cable until I was in high school. I think I said this once before, but we literally had walls of DVD. You could watch a different DVD every day of the week for a year and not watch the same thing twice. We had VHSs that I would use as like giant Legos and build things yeah, with them. And my mom would get pissed that I pulled them out. So She's like, you better pick all these up. I had every Thomas movie. On VHS as a child. Every one of them. Every VHS that ever came out. I'm talking about that. The stack was about this high. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tall. So for us, we one of our relatives started giving us VHSs that were recorded from DVRs and all. So that's how I got Thomas and the Magic Girl away. I remember the Tigger movie was on that there. That was a horrible movie. The Tigger movie? No. Thomas and the Magic Girl Oh, it was trash. It was doo-doo. that's for another time. That's a that's almost a whole podcast. That is its own. We have to set up an Elgato, and we gotta like sit down, watch sit down, it. and watch it, and talk about it. Yeah, I got it on VHS. Got an Elgato. I mean, not VHS. DVD. DVD. Got a DVD player. Oh, uh, there's a couple different places to stream it as well. So, but yeah, that's a whole another conversation. Because what was the thing whenever we had watched it? It was like, mm, it feels like mm, there's... Something's missing here. It feels like something's missing. It feels like there's supposed to be another villain here. It feels like chunks of story are just skipped entirely. It feels like there's a pencil just chilling out in the middle of the railroad. Oh, you know about that? Oh, oh she wants to talk? She's trying to make biscuits on something. No, don't claw the... Don't, don't, let's not claw the mic. There we go. She's looking for something to make biscuits on. There we go. There. Have my thumb. But yeah. I mean, but as a child, that movie was great because it was Thomas with oh, real people. Yeah. And then you get Diesel 10. Oh, but that, that guy a, was creepy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he was scurry. And then who was the main actor? Thomas Baldwin? Alec Baldwin? Alec Baldwin. We don't talk about Alec Baldwin. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> That was my childhood hero right there. He was the he was, he was in Thomas. Yeah, he was a Thomas narrator. 
And then the main girl was Matilda, who I had watched. Matilda was one of those movies that we watched over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, okay, so we watched Matilda, but I watched Thomas and the Magic Railroad, and I did not put those two together. I didn't put that together as the same person. I was like, oh, look at Matilda. But that's a whole nother one, because that just has chunks of... That's oh, there's like, like a whole... You have like a little clip of the middle, and then you, you have the beginning, a clip of the middle, and then clips of the end. Yeah. It's just like, what is going on here? They actually released the deleted scene. Really? Yeah, I gotta find the Blu-ray version. It's expensive. Because of the deleted scene. Oh. Or we can just go to YouTube.com. Oh, yeah. Which is probably what I'm gonna do. But, speaking about bad stories, bad movies with bad storytelling. Norbit. You know I was thinking about it, but because you like that movie so much, I wasn't going to say it. Okay, so there's movies that you watch, and they're so bad. They're good. They're good. Like, Norbit, The Master of Disguise. I do not, I've seen that movie once or twice, and I couldn't tell you anything about it. So, that movie was memed so hard before memes existed. Because everyone was like, am I turtly enough for the turtle club? The Nutty Professor. The Nutty Professor is not a good movie. I'm sorry to break your no. bubble. The Nutty Professor is a horrible <laughs> movie. There is no story at all. Um, Norbit, Master Skies, Nutty oh, Professor, The Room. Mention, let's mention Medea because I love Tyler Perry. Okay, I love the plays. Medea. I love the plays. The movies, they're garbage. The problem is, is that he does a Medea movie, but he less than half of the movie is Medea. Yeah. He tries to put his own story, which he's Tyler Perry's mentioned that. He likes Medea for the plays, but he doesn't want to do movies about her. He wants his own dramas on, which he did a drama series. He still has TV. a drama series on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Oh. Yeah. But, because the thing is, he tells, he tells a story, and I find they're fairly decent enough. But the problem is, like, Medea goes to jail. The whole backstory behind that one, they kind of all blend into me, I forget. But you have all these issues that are happening that I don't care about. I just want Medea. That's why Medea's fan. I'll let you uh, finish, but go ahead. That's why uh, Medea Boo. Oh, Boo, Boo that is dookie. That is a dookie movie. But, but it's funny. But I like it because I like Medea. Yeah, that's Medea makes a movie. Some people don't like it. I like Medea. Now, Medea Goes to Jail has some of the best Medea moments out of every Medea movie ever. The play or the movie? The movie. I haven't seen the play. I have a couple of the DVDs of the plays, too. I have them all. Oh. Every single Tyler Perry play. Because the joke with Medea is always, I could go to a Medea thing and I can laugh, cry, get some scripture, all it, all and have a sing along. And have a, a sing along. Yeah, they always do sing alongs at the end of their movie, at the end of the play. Really? Yeah, like they all talk, they all sit down and they're like, you remember this song? And it's like some old R&B song. And Medea tells the story of the song, but Medea is also Tyler Perry at the same time. Oh. It's a magical, beautiful thing. Remind me to go get those movies, and I will. We will sit down and watch those plays. We'll watch those plays. We'll watch that Harry Potter. I haven't had a Harry Potter binge in so long because they took the seven books and the last one they split into two, and so there's eight movies. And the first one's good. I think the second one's pretty good. But the problem with the Harry Potter movies is that they stop. They switch directors, I believe, halfway, and they stop following the books precisely. Like the first guy was like. The first guy read the books and was like, I know what's important and I know what's not. The right. second one was just like, oh, here's book by book that we're going to make the movie. 
So there's things that are important that don't get introduced, and then you just have to leave them out of the entire story. Right. And then it's like, but hold on, this is a this is a whole thing that happens that introduces a character that now this character is just there. Right. Um. Oh. Honey. Oh. Oh, the baby. Ooh. But she's just gonna she's gonna sleep right there the rest of the time. Have my good old time. Yep, she's sleeping. But Master right, of Disguise, the story is just, I mean, it's kind of there. It's just, oh, you're a spy. There's this baddie. Go go stop the baddie, kind of. I don't remember the story. I just remember as a kid laughing at You want to know another things. not good movie series? Like, the entire series is not good? Hmm. But it's so bad that it's really, really good. What? Austin Powers. I thought about Austin Powers. Those movies are not good. But they're so bad, they have ga- gained a cult following. That's true. I watched all of them, I think, last year, and that was my first time watching any of the Austin Powers other than clips on YouTube, because that was another movie that was quoted a ton. And then you just learn to drop Austin Power quotes without ever having seen Austin Powers. Yeah. You ready to get down? I haven't, I never watched Austin Powers until mm, 2020 when Armageddon happened and I was an over-the-road truck driver. Oh. So you can't really do much, so I just bought all the Austin Powers movies and watched them on my PlayStation. Yeah. And I was like, these movies are not good. No. Especially Goldmember. That is a bad movie. No, the story behind it is hot garbage, but you have you got, uh, Mike Myers. Why did I want to say Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy? No, that's Nutty Professor, my dude. And Norbit. No. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. That's Chris Brown, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Chris Rock, but Chris Rock is... What's the last movie Chris Rock Doesn't played in? Doesn't have like every black actor from that time no, period? No. I mean, it's got Terry Crews and... You got Terry Crews, you got Cat Williams. You had almost every famous... Yeah, at the time. Like... You had the Wayne's Brothers in it. No, you only had one of them in it. Well... Marlon, I think, was in it. Close enough. You get one, you get... You get one, you get both. All three. All, all three. Yeah, there's, there's three Wayne's Brothers. Then... Eddie Chris Rock is in it, right? No, Chris Rock is not in it. Uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. Is Ice Cube in it? No, Cuba Gooden Jr. You're thinking Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Jr. You just want to keep saying Cuba Gooden Jr. It's a fun name to say. Cuba Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Jr. There you go. Radio five times fast. Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Jr. I can't. Yeah, I remember Radio. It was oh man, super feelsy movie. Radio was a good movie. It was. It was. Um, what was the one with Sandra Bullock and the football player? The blind, the blind side. The blind side. I, I forget who the football player was. Because I kind of fell off of football. I mean, I don't pay attention to football. You had the, the country music singer. Toby I loved how... Keith, not Toby Keith. I love how uh, people are Tim going, McGraw. going back and trying to say that that story is a, a good example of... White savior complex and... Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, colonialization and just like, why are we going back and trying to bastardize good intentions? Cuba Gooden Jr. Cuba Gooden Jr. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um, oh, The Blind one, Side was a good blind movie. Side, the Blind Side was because you have, and that one's not necessarily one. Uh, it's a true story, it's a, though. It's, it's a nonfiction, so it's just the conflicts of real life. Yeah. Sandra Bullock and not Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. 
because you can have non-fictions like that where it's com- overcoming struggles right. based off of real life situations uh, without necessarily a villain because that doesn't have a personified villain. It's just struggle of this family taking in this pretty much man. He was in high family. school. He Boy, wasn't seven in high school. Foot tall, that's a whole man. I went, to high, I went to junior high with somebody who had to duck to get into the doors. He plays football now. My boy. Decam. Oh. But that it's that's crazy. Imagine like having that situation if you would do the same. Because I guarantee I probably wouldn't. No. Like not just because, you know, you know. People are weird. People as people are very not okay in the head. Because I don't remember how it ends up to that point. Like, what do you mean? Like, the beginning. How he gets... How you get to the point that Sandra starts even seeing him. I think he... It was raining outside or something, and he was walking home in the rain. Mm. And they picked him up and brought him home or something. I don't remember. Because, to be honest, if I saw someone that looks like a whole man... Walking Walking in the rain? He's going to walk home in the rain by his... I might throw him an umbrella. Yeah. Maybe. But I better get my umbrella back. I would just give him the umbrella. Yeah, he's seven foot tall. Yeah. Ain't nothing stopping him. Uh, but so that's good stories. Bad stories, you know, uh going on with the cult following the room. Listen, don't don't hate on me. If y'all hate on me, I don't want to hear it. But Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Have you seen it? Bits and pieces. So the main story is there's this couple that ends up finding this, these Transyl, Tranny Transylvania, pretty much like these Transylvanian Tranny tram, Vampires, whatever. I don't. Wait a minute. You could watch it several times. And it's like, I don't know even what's going on, but they end up fighting at the end, kind of, and then they just leave and whatever. The story don't make sense. It was kind of just there to be done. And it was, it was done more of as a joke. It was never meant to be serious. But the the uh, guy with the with the hair and the hunch, he Rob Zombie. Any Rob Zombie movie is horrible. I haven't I haven't seen it. I say that, and I'm I am firm. I am a firm believer that Rock Rocky Lord Rob Zombie is the worst director, producer, whatever he is. I don't like any of his movies. He's a, he's a zombie man. Oh. He does all the zombie movies. Oh, uh, who was the, who was the granddaddy of zombies? Uh, I forget. And for you, little Uzi, a Rob oh, Zombie poster. George, George something? George Romero? George something? Lucas. Does George Romero sound right? I don't watch zombie something movies. Like, the only zombie movie I really watch is like, uh, Zombieland. Day of the Dead. Dead Walking, Dead Rising, whatever. Like the earliest zombie movies. He was the one. He's the one that's in Call of the Dead. He's the like the director guy. On Call of Duty, whatever. So oh, I don't know who you're talking about, but I know who you're talking about. I'm I don't know his sure name, George but I know who you're talking about. But Rocky Horror Picture Show. The I like I like Time Warp. The other music is meh. And but it's so bad, it's good. And then the theater things that you do where people are throwing rice and water guns and all that stuff, dress up and come, it's like a little con in itself, like MechaCon type thing, where 
people have tons of fun doing it and you don't really see it anywhere anymore, but I've always <laughs> wanted to go to one. <coughs> ben, I have that so Roro. I ain't got no Roro. Mm. It's the weather. Yeah, dude, singing right now is horrific. I've never seen The Room either. You had mentioned The Room. I've never seen it. But I hear they made a whole movie about how bad it is. Yeah. And the cult following. Literally. It's the, so bad is good. So the one thing that I hate about The Room is people that have never seen it, like yourself, it's okay because you don't just walk around saying it. It's people that just walk oh, around and hi, say, Mark. oh, hi, Mark. I did not hit her. I did not. That's. You have to watch the movie. It's like teenage female. Oh, that, that's all they say. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Mark. Because they heard somebody else say yeah, it. Yeah, because they heard somebody else say it. And then what was the movie made about the room? It was a movie made about a movie. It was a movie made. It was I don't know what the movie completely. I thought the room was movie. It's been so long since I've seen There that. was The Room, and then they made a movie the ma- about the making make- of The Room. Is that it? The making of The Room? No. I don't know. We need a laptop. Yeah. I'll make sure I have a laptop next time. Now, another... Because I finally made you watch it, some of it. Santa Inc. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, it's not even good. They try to do the uh, Rankin Bass. That's it, Rankin Bass. They try to do that claymation, and it looks bad. It's not done well. Which I hope the disaster the, artist. The disaster artist. That's it. Earlier, uh, before we were recording, I was like, "Disaster movie, something like that." I mentioned that. I remember saying that. But yeah, you said something like that. So, Santa Inc. Oh, it's Seth Rogen. I like Seth Rogen. The interview. Pineapple, Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. <laughs> <laughs> he was guy. in good he was in Step Brothers. So when when I was in just getting into college, that's how everybody would when I would in, meet somebody new, they're just like, Oh, you look like Seth Rogan. I thought he looks like Seth Rogan. Old Jonah Hill. Fat Jonah Hill. He looks so much like it they made a joke about it in Didn't he die? No. Jonah no that's Hill? Ralphie May. Does he look like No Jonah Hill? Ralphie May is just an, another fat comic. But yeah, they, the two look so much alike they made a joke about it in 22 Jump Street. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever Seth Rogen laughs, it sounds like it's a mixture of like someone coughing, a chain smoker coughing, and laughing. Yeah. So he's, so he's Santa. Then you have the worst of the worst. Sarah Silverman. That movie was just dog doo-doo, man. I did not like it. When you can fall asleep through a claymation movie, a TV show, yeah, well, I slept through like two or three episodes, <laughs> and then you come back and there's no plot development. Yeah, and it's like, how do you have? Eight, oh, she's Santa now. Eight episodes, and the only so you have the white fraternity kid that comes in and then becomes Santa, which I called from the get go. He becomes an intern, and it's like, watch, because you have this character that Sarah Silverman plays that is unlikable, is useless. And she hates children. Hates children. What kind of Santa Claus hates children? And gets upset about it and causes a riot because she can't do the most important part of the job. But the problem with it is it's so, it's so uselessly woke. Most of the stuff that happens, most of the stuff they try to joke about and force. It's cringe. 
is just cringe. There's there's once or twice where it's like, yeah, that's an issue the world faces. Whenever you get into the first two minutes of the They took the, the cringe series, knob and turned it up to 11. Oh, yeah. It's, no, 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 no. They broke the knob yeah. trying to turn it past 11. They, it's on like 20 now. This was like having AOC and... I like it. Like, I feel like this was just Brie Larson, Sarah Silverman... Uh, was Brie Larson Amy, in it? Amy Amy Schumer. <laughs> all sitting in a room and being like, how do we make a funny series? I'm gonna steal somebody's jokes. And then Seth <laughs> wrote, I mean, uh, isn't that what they all do? Uh, I know Amy Schumer does it. She steals Robin Williams jokes all the time. through... Was it Amy? It wasn't Amy Schumer. No, 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 no. Um, the lesbian... The Australian lesbian. Um, I don't know who that is. Hannah Gadsby. I sat through it with girlfriend, and now, girlfriend made me turn it off because she's like, "Why did you do this?" I was like, "I just wanted to see if we could laugh." She's like, "Why? It's not funny." And then her watching all of Santa Inc. She's like, "Welcome to shit that never happens, land." Like, there's the woke thing that people want to think is a normalized thing in the country, and it just isn't. It don't work. Not trying to be a political podcast, but welcome to shit that doesn't happen on a regular basis. Um, like in the first couple of minutes, she's just like, well, uh, Santa's coming off. That part you missed. Yeah, this well, was I, whenever, I this was whenever girlfriend was like, turn this shit off now. Let's watch the mummy. The greatest, uh, love story of all time is what she says it is. But in the first two minutes, Santa's walking off his sleigh. He's down the red carpet is the paparazzi thing. He's waving, signing hands, uh, signing babies, shaking hands. Signing hands, shaking babies. Signing hands, shaking babies. Um, and she's just, he's like, uh, so give me, give me the status update or whatever. She goes, well, um, 50. like 90%, uh, 60% of, of kids don't believe in you are vaccines. Wait a minute. Oh, uh, no, no, no. 60% of American kids don't believe in vaccines or the Holocaust. And he's just like, oh. I think well. I've seen that part. Yeah, that's in the trailer and stuff. And that's like, th that was their tagline in the trailer was this being said. And he's like, well, uh, oh, no, no, like big percent of kids believe in you, but don't believe in Holocaust or the vaccines. It's just like, what? Why would kids give a shit about vaccines? They don't. Well, the reason behind this is, if I'm not mistaken, not to get political, but did the leftists not take out the Holocaust out of our history books? I have no idea about any of that, but we didn't learn about the Holocaust until middle school. We didn't learn about the teachers. Holocaust until, yeah, elementary school. Uh, high school was when it was fully covered, and... It was one of those things That's where... That's not something you want to tell a child. Hmm. That's not something they can grasp either. Now, not, a kid not knowing about the Holocaust and not, and not believing is two separate things. Because if you don't tell me about... A mass genocide. Like if someone didn't walk in and go, oh, hi, Mark. I'm like, what's that from? Yeah. I would have never known the movie. The Room doesn't exist. That doesn't mean I don't believe in The Room. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? So uh, a, a better example is... I've recently, like in the past year, learned about Jonestown. Mm. If you walked up to me and made a joke about somebody poisoning the Kool-Aid, it would just flew over my head. Oh, that's why you never got my cyanide citrus blast jokes. Yeah, until I recently started. The, the, so yeah, 
So that doesn't make you a denier of something. It's just I don't, don't understand what's going on. Or you were never told about it. Right. Because it's some, not something that we learn about in school. That was like Her. girlfriend grew up in Germany mm-hmm. and they learn about came it. to America because. and then had a teacher. Oh no, they don't ridicule her because she thought Anne Frank was a fiction because in Germany, you don't learn about it until you're toward the end of like high school age mm-hmm. because they, for them, it's a lot more personal and it's a lot more real than anywhere else because kind of like nine eleven. Yes, but. Arguably, Holocaust would be a far worse. But I'm just saying how it's a big thing for American history. Yeah, like you don't, you don't just tell somebody, like you don't tell children about 9/11. You might slightly mention it when they're don't older. Go into the gory yeah. details and all, because a kid can't, a kid, a kid cannot conceptualize. Yes. Oh, uh, was it sixty million people that died in the Holocaust, or six million? Some, it was a big number. It was six or sixty, but so you have millions of people that died. Oh, how many is that? How many? So you tell a kid like millions of people died. Oh, is that like it's bigger than two? A pile of cheeseburgers, bigger than two. Yeah, it's bigger than two. And I mean, for me as an adult, I can't grasp. I still can't what, grasp that million. That many millions right. of people equates to. It's like I like you picture the Superdome in New Orleans being completely full. That's only a couple thousand, maybe a hundred. Let's say a hundred thousand. That being full would be a hundred thousand, and that's still only a small. That's a very small amount percentage of. That's the like one percent. Just to say, one percent. Say that's one percent. So now I got to think of try to picture a hundred more superdomes, superdomes filled with people, and still it's more than that. Yeah. But so, yeah, that, that that's that's, that's a our rant. rant. That's, that's our a rant. rant. Just because going through the going through the show, and you want to know what. It, you want to know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Two. Oh, don't undersell it. It has a three, four percent. Oh, a four percent. It might have gone up to five, so it has a four percent because the jokes don't land. The jokes are like the kid in the unfunny kid in high school that wants all the attention. He knows who he is. Yep. Or like we had one girl oh, who hi, had Mark. the binder. That would just open up the binder and be like, "Hold on, grab that binder." According to my sources, yeah. So she would get arguments off of Reddit. No, not the Reddit <laughs> arguments. That's like going and getting Reddit like, like oh, arguments you off. You say of, something I don't agree with. According to subsection A, uh, paragraph B uh, of this Reddit subreddit r slash dank memes. Uh, are this 4chan post? Yeah, it's like get, getting <laughs> Reddit posts for fiction is like getting 4chan fiction. Like that. Uh, about things that I mean. Now we can. Now that I use the internet regularly, it's I like, know oh, how the internet you works now. Was wrong. But they go on about issues that is just like they need to stop. And then it's the the jokes are just raunchy to the just vulgar. It's very vulgar show. Now I like Tom Segura, and I think sometimes he. He pushes the line. It's like that's eh, okay. You, you need it. You didn't need to get that vulgar. With that's things. just like how in like older Disney movies they had, they still do it. They have adult jokes sprinkled in there. You have innuendos and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and you don't understand it until you're older, like you're our age, and you watch it again with our twenty-year-old brains. It's just like, oh, he said, he said the the number. Like watching some SpongeBob, oh. some of the some of the classic SpongeBob. Anything after the first hundred episodes just to me don't. It, it fell off. Yeah. Um. 
watching Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. Tons of innuendos that I did not grasp watching Bugs Bunny bend the gun back around and blast Elmer Fudd in the face. <laughs> or dress as a woman. Uh, a dress woman. as a woman, things like that. Uh, never thought two seconds about that. It was just funny because Bunny hit someone with a hammer. Yeah. D- uh, Coyote. Dugs had blasted his bill backwards. Coyote got a rock dropped on his head. Yep. Haha, funny. Uh, Haha, joke. Speedy Gonzalez knocks Sylvester off a boat. I don't remember that one. Uh, I remember at one point uh, Speedy Gonzalez and his cousins are on a boat and Sylvester follows them on the boat. And not Titanic. But. Where's the boat going? Oh, I don't know. But they're just on a boat with his cousins and then. The entire time, Sylvester is chasing them around and then, like, gets knocked off, eaten by a shark, whatever. I want to... Is that the one that... This cat got nine lives? Dude, this cat got nine to the ninth, uh... That, that cat got millions of lives, brother. To ninth power. He must be a cartoon cat. Oh, it's as if it would be a cartoon physic. But the jokes just don't land because it's just nasty. Like, they're too... They're too out there. They're too... Much in your face. If you're gonna try to do the cartoony animated angle, then have some more animation jokes, like things that you can't pull off in real life. Like okay, so go for some classic Looney Tunes. In animations, in animation, I want the raunchy adult jokes that aren't there until you get older. Yeah, like not raunchy, but like says yes, clever jokes. And then I want, I want fourth wall break. Yeah, in a cartoon. Like in the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, Emperor's New Groove. That has the best fourth wall break. Gold mine. The it's hilarious, endlessly memeable. Oh, it's like Shrek. Crunk, Crunk alone. Crunk and Isma. <laughs> what was Wrong that? Lever. Oh, we were playing. It takes two. That's what it was. And I was, yeah. Okay. Wrong lever. Then uh. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. Uh then. Also tells a good story. It's got the fourth wall your, breaks. You, have, you, you do have fourth wall breaks, but you also have him conflicting against Yzma. You have your villain. You have your villain as Yzma trying to kill him. And but then you also have him developing. Yzma's trying to destroy the village. So that's why we have... Is his name Pancho? Is the big guy's name Pancho? Pacha. Pa- I'm calling him Pancho. So you got Pancho and... Llama boy. And Llama. Llama bean. Llama bean. Got Pancho and Llama Bean that got to save. Well, no. The thing is, uh, Llama Bean is trying to destroy the village. That's what it is. He's trying so to you build. Have, yeah. You have all this conflict that builds. And then, uh, like, in the end, all the characters develop some. Except for Yzma. She's uh, I think Kronk. Doesn't Kronk, like, say, like, nah, I'm not going to do the evil stuff anymore. But you have Pacha that. Pancho. Yeah. That regardless of what's going to happen to him, he decides to help. Yeah. Llama Bean. Because. <laughs> helping llama bean then you have llama bean that develops to be less of a narcissistic a-hole yep there you go and actually care about some other people so you have the good story elements sprinkled in bringing back old disney good jokes and good story as well and then they had the um, the the school series emperor's new group school i think it was emperor's new school or Emperor Goes to School. I don't know. I think it's Emperor's New School. Uh, so. If you give a mouse a cookie. There we go. Okay, so my my big brain. I'm just going to tell you about this. Emperor's New Groove was supposed to be another movie called Deity of the Sun. And it was supposed to be completely different. Oh. I don't remember exactly. I have to watch 
I have to read up on it again. But it was supposed to be a completely different movie. Oh, really? Yes. This is for the third Sunday's podcast. Or third whatever day we're doing. A conspiracy one? Yeah, conspiracy day. We can do conspiracy. I want to do lost media because I'm a big brave lost media guy. We, we can do a lost media. Do you want to see a lost media episode? Getting one anyways. <laughs> Make sure to comment down below. Uh, I don't know. What else? Uh, we went through Santa Ink. Santa Ink's bad. Santa Ink's bad. It, we need another Emperor's New Groove, but not my, new My Emperor's other thing is that it's also a cartoon, and it worries me that kids are going to go find it yeah. and just be exposed to all that nonsense. Because yeah. it's not just, it's not innuendos that the kids won't get. It is, there's nudity, nasty vulgarity. That's like Team, is it Team America? The puppet movie? Yeah. I, I watched that, that as a kid, and I didn't know what. Watching parts of it, and then my parents were like, no. No, yeah. Or watching South Park, and then and... thinking, oh, it's a cartoon. Her family guy. And other people quoted at school, so I was like, I gotta go watch South Park. No, but, okay, so the thing that I hated in school was these parents. Don't do this. Do not let your kids watch South Park, Family Guy, The Simpsons, but you don't let them watch Spongebob and Pokemon? Yeah. I, okay, so I knew someone whose mom didn't let them watch Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon because they felt like it was the devil. While that kid's watching Satan on South Park. Gay Satan. Gay Satan on South Park. And Saddam Hussein, was it? Or Osama Bin Laden, one of them? Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Doesn't Osama go down there? Yeah, but he's married. One of the, one of the Middle Easterns. All of them are there. down there, but yeah. One of the terrorists. So That's a different... Yeah. One of them goes down there, but didn't let them watch Pokemon, because Pokemon apparently resembled evil things, and... Yu-Gi-Oh! Even my mom was like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! That has the Shadow Realm. But then you're gonna turn around and let, make me watch The Mummy? Yeah, you're gonna let me watch The Mummy? We're gonna, uh, Black Magic, uh... We're gonna seance a mummy back to life? Yeah, and then he's gonna suck the soul out of people and take their flesh and then resurrect his girlfriend who doesn't even like him, and in the second movie just backstabs him? So, speaking on that, my parents used to be like that. Like, they wouldn't let me watch that stuff. And then I turned five. Oh, you got older. I got older. And wiser. And wiser. And they're like, hey, you know what's right. You know what's wrong. Oh. Make your own decisions, kid. You still piss the bed, but you know what's right and wrong. <laughs> I mean, we taught you as a kid. As a, we taught you growing up. You know what's right and what's wrong. I was sure. that kid that was like eight years old playing GTA, okay? Oh. I was that kid. I would go over to the neighbor's house to play I would not, And nothing GTA. bad came of it. I'm a sane human being, to an extent. I remember playing... Uh, San Andreas City. was my game growing up. Vice City was the one <clears throat> that we played first, and then San Andreas. But going back and looking at Vice City and San Andreas, looking at GTA Five is how my brain way back then thought it looked. Well, you know that takes place on San Andreas, right? What? GTA Five. Yeah. You go back to San Andreas. Los Santos. Go street. The Where street. Vice City. Vice City. Liberty City. Vice City. Liberty City was uh, for the DS. Was the handheld. No, that was Chinatown Wars. Oh. Or was it the Vita that was... Liberty, Liberty City, City was also... You had Liberty City... Was that a console? Mm-hmm. PS, oh. PS2, Xbox. Oh. See, I don't remember that one. I never played that one. But I remember San Andreas and Vice City. 
I remember Vice City was the Hawaiian shirt guy. I did Liberty and San City. Andres was the white beater guy. With um, Easy E was in that game. Easy E, I have no idea. He was in NWA. I don't pay attention to NWA. Oh well, it's a whole thing. He was writer. Don't quote me on that. I believe he was writer. But that's who it was based off of was writer. Well, I mean, I Easy. You. But nice little segue. Speaking of games, what about good story in games? Okay, for you, does a story really affect uh, how much you like a game? It depends on what kind of mood I'm in, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I have my, you know how you have your single player moods and you have your multiplayer moods. But my big mood, like if I'm in a decent mood to play a game and I want it to have a story, I'm going to find a game that has a story. So like my big go-to story game, games, Legends of Zelda, and Fallout, the Fallout series, because of the story. Like, the mm-hmm. Fallout series has the biggest... You can go and play Fallout any day, and you'll find a different story in the same game. So I'm staying away from Fallout specifically because of how big it is. And I want completion, and you have to do multiple run-throughs to get everything done. Right? Takes three each game. Takes three each game? Yeah, I, I won't be playing Fallout anytime soon. I've beaten Fallout 4. 20 times. I don't think I've ever played a game that many times all the way through. I played GTA 5. Um, Eight or nine times. I think I played through Banjo-Kazooie because Banjo-Kazooie, once you get used to it, the first one, you can play through it in... Uh, I think the fastest I've done is like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's about like me Fallout. But the only reason I've, I've done stuff like that is because when the Fallout series came out, I was still in high school. Like when I started playing the Fallout series, I was still in high school. We didn't have internet. True. Okay, I miss those times. Whenever and you just play a game, figuring out a game, was oh, yeah. playing it, and then you go and talk about it with your buddies, and they're like, "Hey, this is how you do this part." So, being in college when Breath of the Wild came out, the best part of it was is me and a group of people that I was good friends with mm-hmm. all got it and said, "We're not going to look at the internet. We're not allowed to spoil anything if we see it on the internet." So that's how I we did. can only say what we've experienced. So it. It felt, it was super nostalgic back to the times when I was little. Yeah, playing the old Zelda games like or whatever. Ocarina of Time yeah. and Majora's Mask. And me and my buddies are like, oh, this mask, this is how you get this mask. You right. have to do all this crazy stuff. Then, but with Breath of the Wild, it was like, dude, I found dragons. Dude, there's dragons? There's dragons? There's three dragons. There's three dragons. And you could fight them and clip their toenails and shave their teeth. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, I didn't spoil myself on Breath of the Wild. I'm trying not to spoil myself on Legends, on Pokemon Legends, mm. but it's so difficult. You open up YouTube right now, and it's like, boom, Pokemon stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't. Do, I did the same thing with Fallout Four. I did not spoil. That was the hardest six months of my life. From e, from E3, to Fallout Four's release. Oh, that so was you, difficult. So you like to not see anything about the game until you get it. If I see a game that I want to play, yeah, I won't do that. I will not spoil it for me at all. For me, uh, I had seen some things for Breath of the Wild, and it wasn't until E3, the E3 trailer, which has some of the best music in video game history, um, is that little, is that little tingle, dun 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 dun, 
We'll get it later. Yeah. So, for me, Breath of the Wild, I didn't want to play it, and I was planning not to get it, and then I saw the E3 trailer for it, and I was like, and then I looked at nothing until I mm-hmm. got it. Uh, another game, Bioshock Infinite. As soon as it came out, I was like, I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see the trailer. I want nothing. And then it spoiled. For, it was spoiled for me that it was in the air because I saw. Ended up seeing the opening trailer. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, that was pretty cool. Yep. I would have liked to have taken this game and not known anything about it. At video game companies, stop sending people the game early. Yep. Because every time you do that, it gets shot in my recommended straight to my recommended well what i with some games especially like pokemon games now after sword and shield i don't trust anything the pokemon company puts out new pokemon snap was i thought was really good it was okay let's go out enjoyed but sword and shield i was super disappointed especially with all the lying and stuff that the company did saying we can't have a national dex because um we don't have time to code in pokemon that are already coded yep we don't have to, we don't have time to update all these models, and then you go look at the models, and they're the same ones from the last game. Yeah, uh, very minor differences, and then they don't have time to animate at all. And then you have YouTubers that go and animate one Pokemon, all their move set, all this stuff that have never animated, and it takes them a couple hours to do one. So you're telling me that with a team as big as yours and all the money that you have, you couldn't hire on an extra team just to do the models while you focus on other stuff? And then it felt rushed. It, it was split between two yeah. games, which. Pokemon, stop it. It's not fun anymore. You know when that was fun? Game Boy, Nintendo DS days. Yep. Back in those days when it was go to your buddy and trade the Pokemon you don't have and just battle in general. But you know, I mean, yeah, okay, we got online now, but you know Mm. what we can't do right now? What? Go to somebody else's house. Like, just play Pokemon. Yeah. It's kind of difficult to do that right now. Because the row row. The row row. We got a little row row hanging out at everybody's house. Oh. I mean, if everybody got it, then just. I mean, that's different, have, but. Have a row row party. Knock yourself out, brother. We are not actually. Do not do that. Supporting that people. That sucks. Get down, ma'am. Get down. If she steps on that space bar, our recording goes away. Oh, she's dancing around it, too. It is what it is. So, I mean, but I have problems with Pokemon Company right now. And then, after I saw reviews of uh, Diamond and Pearl, I just felt like it It's okay. It reminds me. It, honestly. Had you played the original? Mm-hmm. I played the originals. That's when I got my first DS. Mm. It was a black DS light with Pokemon Diamond. Instead, they could have just put Platinum. Yeah, they could just do Platinum. I understand if I played you want to continue going the two, the two route, so you still kind of have that old, camaraderie. Though. It is. It's old. Because I'm an adult and I can afford to get both games, but I don't want to play through both games. Exactly. Now, Pokemon Sword and Shield takes you less than 10 hours to finish the story. And the hand-holding insanely upsets me now this is like a talk for a whole nother cat podcast the story's garbage anyway um so i started i started sword mm-hmm. when i so this is literally legitimately what happened with my playthrough i played up to where you get to the starter i saw my rival pick the starter that was weaker to mine 
shut it off, never touch it again. The other great part is you see that opening with all the starters interacting, and I was like, this is what we're getting. I don't mind the Ocarina of Time trees. I can handle it if we're going to get this quality of game. Right. Uh, like cutscenes and things like that. And then you have many of the cutscenes where anytime something happens, it happens off screen. Any, actually, throughout the entire game, other than the opening cutscene, which was clearly where all the budget went, everything is, happens out of scene. There are no actual cutscenes. It's just the gameplay scenes, and it'll black out. So, like, the little electric puppy shocks a control panel at one point to open a door for you, and they black out the scene when he uses the, the lightning bolt or whatever to open the door. So you just get the little text zap, and then it opens back up and the door's open. That is lazy. Something crazy happens off screen through a tunnel, and you just have people reacting, and you run over there, and you don't get there until everything's done, and you just see the results of it. And it's just like, I don't see anything like fly away, I don't see anything run away, I don't see a shadow going away. Bro, this is current year. This is current year. Do you know, I mean, the Switch, the Nintendo Switch is not a powerhouse. Yeah. But do you know what that thing can handle? Yeah. It's handling big R's games. It's handling things like Bioshock and whatever. Someone put GTA 5 on the Switch and it ran smooth. Yeah. That's a. Like Breath of the Wild was. I mean, Breath of the Wild, that big open world that everything's loaded in view. That's what happens when. Now and then. That's what happens when you get NVIDIA to make your graphics cards, though. NVIDIA makes some good graphics cards. Not a sponsor, but you can be. Hey, I need a 3090. <laughs> I, I, I'm good with my 3060, but I will gladly go higher. I mean, I'll take a 3060. I, I need a new piece. Yep. <clears throat> but the Pokemon Pokemon is kind of disappointing for me. The, it's the main thing of you're still splitting the games. If they would have done Platinum, just Platinum, I would have done it all the way. But 100%. The reason I got, I got the remake because of Frank Depp. And you don't even need two people to complete the, the Pokédex now. Really? No, you can just play through the game and complete it. Complete the Sinnoh deck. And mean. then the frustrating thing is, because I remember I played through Fire Red and Leaf Green. I played through Sapphire, Ruby, and, and Plat Emerald. Uh, Emerald. Emerald. Mm -hmm. Then I played through Diamond and Pearl. And Platinum. And Platinum. And the problem is, it got old, because that's hundreds of hours per game. Through two games that is the exact same story, just Ruby, you replace Team Magma with Team Aqua, and um, your character has a red bandana instead of a blue bandana. Yep, you change some colors, and, and your box legendary. You change the the box legendary. Same thing with Sword and Shield. Exact same game, except some of the gym leaders are apparently different. Um, so the gym leaders that aren't in one for the types are in the other, and. So you have gym challenges, which are, are cool for the first half of them. And then they kind of clearly were like, oh, yeah, we can't actually do these anymore. We don't have enough time to develop. Really? So you have half of them in one game, half of them in the other game. Instead of just making one game, not having to develop two separate games, where the only, th literally the only difference is the box legendary and a couple of the specials that you get. And then you also have to buy two DLC for each game to be able to get all the Pokemon in each of those DLC. I think it's just money, money grubby, and it's really greedy, and it's kind of a it's it's scummy. Of, it's a really, really scummy thing to do. Um, do one game, Pokemon Sword and Shield. <coughs> Unless the you're game. doing, 
Unless you're doing remakes, I guess. Because my biggest problem was you're making 150% what you were before. They were making games for 40 bucks on the DS. For one game. For one game. And then you jump up to 60, you're making an extra 50% profit per game. And you're making two games. And you're making two. So you're making... You're doubling your profits, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, no. You are doubling your profits. You're making, you're still making 150%, but now if you sell both games, you're getting 120 instead of the 80, so it's still uh, 150%, but you're, that extra 50%, which they made the cost versus the return. You know how much it costs to make a video game? For them, I think it was, well, it was a couple million that they... And you know how much they made off those games? Oh, yeah. They made tons of millions off that game. Off of Sword and Shield. And now you could get a sale for 20 bucks off if you buy both of them, but I still don't want to buy 100 bucks for ha- two half-ass games. Yeah, two half games for 100 bucks. So that's why with Arceus, I'm waiting until after it comes out. I'm going to watch some reviews, and then I'm going to get it. Uh, Pokemon Snap, I watched it, and I was like, this looks good. This is how I saw this is how the wild area snap. should look in a game in 2021. Now, I don't now I understand some of that needs to be moved. You can't have that much interaction between the Pokemon like in Snap because that would take up too much to plot, plot uh, the 800 that we have all interacting 900. with each other. It's like you could have general interactions that they have. You can do that. Yeah. You have the time. You, we have the technology. Literally. Stop being lazy. Cars are electric nowadays. Cars are electric. Toilets are electric nowadays. That's ridiculous. But then you have other games. So Pokemon Story's never been. It's just the, the thing of adulthood, kind of. See you later, 10-year-old son. Go fight the big bad guys. Yep. Catch go, the box legendary go, Pokemon. Go fight the four. Uh, go the Elite Four. That's always the goal. Become and the champion and do everything that takes You get the conflict time. of villains that ends up stopping halfway through you end up beating team rocket i was playing team pokemon Black before i could read i didn't know what was going on yeah or like at a spelling bee i was able to spell antidote yeah. because of pokemon yeah and they thought i cheated somehow no they thought i had gotten the words or something before and it's like what i read books all the time and you're gonna tell me you don't think i get spell antidote really that's pokemon right there pokemon or paralyzed um, par, par, pr L no 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 in the old games it was just P R P A R P R Y L Z that was it that's how they spelled it for the text limitations it was pearls here pearls pearls got them my Pokemon got them pearls yep but then you got the Zeldas the Mario where the story pretty much is just you have the big baddie save the damsel in the stress and the gameplay's good. I don't need a super complex story for a game to be good if the gameplay is good. Right. And then the music is also really good. Odyssey, really good music. Breath of the Wild, dope music. The music in Breath of the Wild. Uh, actually, it's about all Zelda. The music's really good. I do like that one song in Odyssey. It's time to jump up in the air. Oh, Jump Up Superstar. Yeah, that's a good song. Mm-hmm. I, I bop to that. There's, one, there's a version of it on Spotify that would be my playlist that I would listen to every day. Listen to every day at work. Then you got the other other games that tell a story differently, where it's a mystery that unveils itself as you keep playing, and the only conflict when you start is, I need to stay alive. 
are there something over there that I want to see, but this person's in the way like hello neighbor, hello neighbor, interesting concept of you have this AI that's following you the entire time Mm -hmm. trying to trap you and you have to figure out how to get in, break in all that stuff. And then you get to the execution and it's a miserable failure. People who made hello neighbor, I want my money back for my switch edition that I bought, which was 40 or $50. Nintendo tech baby. after the game was done. I got hello neighbor played it. It took me eight hours to finish. And those eight hours felt like several days. When I tell you it was miserable going through it, I hate it. That was the first time I ever truly wanted my money back. I felt that upset with how bad it was, how bad every aspect of it was. Mechanics were horrible. The AI was horrible. The story for it that kind of imposes itself, the way that you get through the game, like you have to magically go find these random things that aren't necessary for progression until you would try to progress. Then you find out for some reason you can't progress and you keep trying to figure it out. And unless you would go find an online a guide, a guide, you're going to find out, Oh, you needed to do something back at the beginning of this level and you can't do it unless you restart. Yeah. I'm you good. have to restart a level. I'm good. Are you trying to figure out these little super obscene things? Like at one point you got to bring a little toy man to a toy house. Cause there's a shark in the toilet. Yeah. And this is also that you can uh, melt a block of ice to get a key card in there or a key to unlock the basement door. Yeah. It's stupidly. I don't like that. It's extremely dumb. I don't like that. But Bendy and the Ink Machine, Undertale, those are things where you drop into a world or you drop into a game, you have no idea what's going on. I've been playing through Bendy. I like Bendy. I recently got to the fourth chapter after finally getting the Tommy gun, which you have to do a bunch of very specific things to get. But I got to the fourth chapter, went to restart the third chapter to try to get the rest of the, like, cause it, the path splits on mm-hmm. the third chapter. Cause I was trying to get completion uh, right. achievements. And because I went to the fourth chapter and then went back to the third, I now have to redo the third and go back to the fourth chapter. Yep. It locked me out of the fourth chapter. It doesn't let me go back. On top of, there's a glitch that happens that will glitch your entire save file to where you can't get past the third chapter sometimes, which is why I didn't play it for two years. So speaking of that, I don't know if you knew this, but there was a game, it was on the PlayStation 2, or play, it was on the older PlayStation, one of the two. Um, this game would delete save files from your memory card to make room for itself. What game? I don't remember what game it was. For our PS2, you said? It was one or two. Bruh. Like, it would delete save files. Just like... Now, bye. if I were to have made an uh, a game have, like, an anti-pirate measure, I would have had one that erased your entire memory card. Oh, yeah. That would have been ultimate troll. Well, not troll, but that would have been ultimate protection. Like, oh, you tried to steal our game? Now you... Say bye-bye to every game I just, like, played. corrupt every save file. Because I know in Skyrim, when you corrupt the save file, like when you do a glitch, your save file becomes corrupt. It will take, and you will just constantly die over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And it was a bug in the game? No. Oh, it was if you tried to pirate it? It wasn't a piracy protection. It was like a, a anti-cheat software, kind of. Um, kind of. Now That was on the console. On PC, they don't care if you mod. Have you played Darksiders? I don't even know what you're that's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first game you play is war. The second one you play is death. No. 
Well, I get about halfway through the game as death, and I'm playing on apocalypse mode, which is the hardest mode so that I can do achievements. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is like take Dark Souls and add some extra mechanics. But when you fight bosses, even mini bosses and just like room guards type stuff, you will die a lot. You will die so much. Like each one is cuphead level where you have to memorize everything that boss does right. and perfectly execute it. Yes. Otherwise you die because when you're on the apocalypse setting, you will get one shot most of the time. And I get about halfway through the game and there is a bug that they knew about the entire time throughout development and never fixed to where one action can happen to progress the story and you are stuck there forever. You have to delete the entire save file because you can't go into another chapter and do it. You can't copy it to another file and then go. You have to completely delete your save data and restart it. And sometimes if it's on the same system, if anything stayed, it will, it, that glitch will stay. So my stream PC is what I originally played it on. Mm-hmm. I cannot play Darksiders 2 on it. My second PC, uh, no, my laptop, can't play it on there. This PC, I pulled over the save file, the same save data through Steam Cloud, whatever, kept the glitch. I had to remove the game from my Steam library to be able to get it to unglitch. Super upsetting. And there's oh, no fix for there's it. There's another game. It's called Lose Lose. And it has consequences. Like it, one of the, like if something if you do something, one of the consequences is it deletes its own save file. Oh. Oh. Oh, and then recently, but speaking about glitches, I'm on Bioshock right now that keeps wanting to shut down every couple minutes. And I can't figure out a fix, but it's a problem that a lot of people have with the remastered on Steam. But Bioshock's another good story that you just drop in and you got, excuse me, you got to save yourself from Underwater City. Oh, you like this one. Hmm. Banjo-Kazooie. If you enter in too many cheat codes, Grunty will delete your save file. Oh, I never knew that. All right. I did do some of them. Never on the original playthrough. I would go afterwards to make like your head big or big hands. Yeah, my favorite was always the bobblehead cheat code. Oh, yes. Yeah. Grunfilter will delete your save file if you enter too many cheats. You will be told of the consequences after entering two two cheats. Oh, but the third, if you enter three, I guess it's in a, at a game, at one gameplay or whatever. Yeah, we knew Banjo 3 was an issue. She said, <laughs> she will say, you didn't listen. I'm amazed. So now your game pack is erased. Oh, shoot. I never knew that one. But yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's pretty good for today. Covered a lot. We did cover a lot. We covered a good bit. So yeah, if you want to check us out uh, on Tuesday night, six thirties, we're playing. It takes two until we finish. Thursdays we're doing Sea of Thieves. Uh, I have YouTube channel, all the musical for Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. Cartman plays. I'm with him. No, <laughs> yeah, wherever he's at, I'll be there. But it was a good time. Thank you all for watching, and y'all have a great day. Bye. Now I'm about to piss myself.